Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Schmidt. I am your host, Jonathan Smith. And quick rundown before we really kind of get into the thick of it. To start off with, we're going to talk about the Thursday night football game last night, the Giants and the Washington football team. Awesome game. We'll go into some of the notable Week 2 games for the NFL, and then we're going to close it out with the notable games coming on tomorrow on Saturday for college football. So, really good episode. Probably going to be a little bit shorter. Had some family come in. You know, got to love, you know, parents not informing you of different things that are going on. So, this one's probably going to be closer to 20 minutes. That being said, let's go ahead and let's hop into this. So, last night, Giants against the Washington football team. What a game. A absolutely awesome game. 30-29 to victory for the Washington football team. And look, i got to be honest here. Every time... Without a doubt, without fail. Every time I see an NFC East matchup on in prime time, whether it's Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, you know, th- Thursday Night Football, the the four twenty five game, whatever, I get a little salty. I I I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I get upset because like, because let's be honest, like these are two of the at best middle of the road teams in the NFL. They're probably lower tier though. So I don't want to watch this, you know. Like I'd rather watch games like the 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 Sunday night game, right? The the Chiefs and the Ravens, and, and games like that. But look, like these games always end up being good because they're so evenly matched. And look, last night was no different. These are two very evenly matched teams. So let's start with the Washington Football Team, who shouldn't be allowed to win another game until they pick a nickname. But that's beside the point. So they finally beat Dan- Daniel Jones, aka. Danny Dimes, coming into this game, Daniel Jones was 4-0 against the Washington football team. And, man, the Washington football team, they looked really good. They played well offensively, especially after going from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Taylor Heineke in such a short amount of time. And here's the thing, most of the time, well, not most of the time, when you go from your starter to your backup, you know, usually the offense kind of sputters and struggles and things like that. But when you're going from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Taylor Heineke, the downgrade, not that not that big of a downgrade. If it's a downgrade at all, it was a quarterback competition in camp. You know, it's not like you're going from Tom Brady to Taylor Heineke or Patrick Mahomes to Chad Henney or anything like that. Like it's it's not a major downgrade. Heineke proved to us last year in the playoffs that he could play after his awesome game against the Buccaneers. And man, he is so easy to root for. Like he is, you know, one of my favorite players in the NFL, just looking at his story. Because that's, that's what fans love. We we love stories, right? You know, going from a backup in the AFL to now being the starter for the Washington football team. And so, yeah, I, I was impressed with him. He played well enough for them to win. Obviously, they put up 30 points. And, you know, anytime you can do that in an NFL game, that's impressive. And, look, the defense played much better this week. They didn't live up to the hype that people had for them coming into this year. Last year, their re- last week, excuse me. But look, they were they were awesome this week. You know, last week they really struggled on third down. You know, the, the Chargers converted 14 of 19 third downs, which is insane to do against any defense, but especially this Washington football team's defense. We know how good the front four is. They've got good linebackers. Their secondary is solid. And they've got Ron Rivera, who's an awesome defensive mind. And look, their third down defense was much improved last night. You know, they held the Giants to only a 33% conversion rate. And look, they're going to continue to get better through the year. They are young up front. They, they're a young defense as is. And once again, they have Ron Rivera, which is, I'm not going to say all you need. I wouldn't put him quite in that category in terms of defensive head coaches. But 
Like, we know he knows how to coach the defensive side of the ball, and so they'll continue to improve under him. I was really impressed with them. I still like them to win this division. The Giants. Man, they played really well. But you can't, like, they lost this game. Dumb penalties late. And let's be honest, look, if you jump off sides when your opponent is attempting a long field goal to win it, like this wasn't like some 24-yard chip shots, a 48-yard field goal, that's a tough field goal to kick, especially when there's pressure on you. You know, when your opponent's kicking a field goal like that and you jump off sides, you deserve to lose. Okay, that's just undisciplined football, which is surprising because that's one things that that's one of the things that Joe Judge, the head coach over there, really pushes. He pushes discipline. You know, he makes players run when they make mistakes. He he made his coaches run last year when coaches made mistakes. So, you know, I was really surprised at just the number of penalties penalties that they had late. And yeah, I was really surprised just at the way that they played in terms of being undisciplined down the stretch. Now we move to this question of can the Giants make the playoffs despite an 0-2 start? And I think it's a really fair question. It's a really hard thing to do. You know, starting 0-2, you know, it's it's tough, all right? But the Giants can do it, okay? They started 1-6 last year, and they were in playoff contention basically through the, the end of the year, right? And look, they played well last night. Like, they scored 29 points on a good Washington football team defense. And look, their schedule isn't too, too crazy. They have the Falcons next week. They should be able to win that game. And then they have the Saints. They're probably not going to win that game. And then they play the Cowboys. That game is winnable. They play the Rams. They're probably not going to win that one. And then they play the Panthers. That game is winnable. They're not beating the Chiefs. And then they play the Raiders. That game is winnable. And then they play the Buccaneers. They're not winning that one either. And then they play the Eagles. That game is winnable. And then they play the Dolphins. The game is winnable. And then they play the Chargers. That game might be winnable. And then they play the Cowboys again, that's winnable. The Eagles again, that's winnable. The Bears, that's probably a win. And then the Washington football team again, which is obviously another winnable game. So they're more than capable of going 8-9 and nine and 9-8 nine and eight and sneaking into the playoffs. Is that probably going to happen? Probably not. But they're definitely still in a position to contend with how soft of a schedule they have. Like That schedule, that schedule is softer than, than the, the pillow that I sleep on. I mean, it's... You know, there's a lot of win- winnable games on there. So the Gi- if you're a Giants fan, yes, you still have a chance at making the playoffs. They're just going to have to get hot at some point throughout the season, which will probably happen toward the end. You know, those last four games of the year, you know, th- they could end the year on, on a four-game win streak. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the big games going on on Sunday. Super excited to get into it. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt's going to look at some of these big games coming up this week, NFL Week 2. So to start, we got the Bills and the Dolphins. What a start for the Dolphins. Back-to-back divisional games to start the season. You know, that's that's tough. This is a good Bills team who's had their number. They played them at the end of last year. Dolphins, you know, if they win, they make the playoffs. And they gave up 52 points. I think they got beat like 52-17. to 17. It's an absolute blowout, right? But this is a much-improved Miami team. Tua looked good in week one, not great. But then again, Bill Belichick, Patriots defense, he wasn't supposed to look good, right? So, they're playing the Bills. And the Bills, you know, choked away a win last week against the Steelers. And, man, I'm, I'm excited for this. The Bills are a three-point favorite. Nothing too, too crazy in terms of injuries, except for Will Fuller for the Dolphins is not going to play. He apparently has some 
some personal issue issues going on. But outside of that, you know, these teams are pretty much at full strength. And, yeah, it's going to be a great game. You know, anytime you have these divisional matchups, you know the games are going to be good. It's in Miami. I, I like Miami. I think Miami's probably going to win this game. They're at home. I think that they kind of finally break through the ice here against the Bills. I expect Tua to be much, much improved this week. So I, I like Miami plus three if you're into the gambling thing. You know, the defense is going to show up. They're not going to commit stupid penalties, which I think this Bills team might. And, yeah, at the end of the day, I like the consistency of Miami. You know, Josh Allen, he may come out and have a big week and the Bills win. But against this Miami defense, I just I don't see him throwing for, you know, 350 yards and, and four touchdowns. So, I like Miami to win this game, take them 27-24, Dolphins beat the Bills. The second big game I want to look at here is the Titans and the Seahawks. Big game here for the Titans. You know, they started 0-1, they looked bad, they looked bad last week. And it's not even like the Titans need to win kind of thing, because look, they've got four free wins playing the Texans twice and the Jags twice. So if there's any team who can start 0-2, and and still make the playoffs. It's this Titans team. But from a confidence standpoint, from a player buy-in standpoint, they just they need to look good. This is a good Seattle team. The defense needs to show up this week. This is another team with a lot of weapons on the outside, just like the Cardinals had last week. You know, you know the Cardinals had AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk. You know, this Seattle team obviously you got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So. The Titans' defense really needs to step up this week. And the offense has to be better, too. Like, they have to establish the run. This offensive line has to be better. They can't give up six sacks again. Okay, look, if, if you give up six sacks and you only run the ball and you can't run the ball, like, you're you're not going to beat anybody. It's just it's that simple. So I want to see this offensive line for the Titans improve. If this offensive line plays well, then, you know, the Tennessee, they're more than capable of going to Seattle and winning. With that being said, I do like this Seattle team to win. They are favorited by six and a half. That's a big line in the NFL. So the Titans will probably cover because, like I said, that's that's a big line. But I do like the Seahawks to win. I think they'll win 31-27. Next big game that we're going to take a look at here, Cowboys and Chargers. Cowboys trying to avoid going 0-2. This is a really good Chargers team. They're only getting three and a half. And it's really tough to kind of judge this Cowboys team after seeing their first game on Thursday Night Football against the Buccaneers because they didn't really commit to the run. And, like, we know that Ezekiel Elliott can carry the football. You know, Dak Prescott looked really good. But, man, this Chargers team, they looked. I think people knew that they would be good. I don't think that people expected them to look that good week one. So I like the Chargers. I think they cover as well. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. So I would take the Chargers here to win. Let's go uh, 38-28. I think, you know, late field, field goal late, touchdown late kind of thing to kind of push them over, you know, a nice little backdoor cover, you know, for the Chargers here. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch this Cowboys team play again. Like, they looked formidable in week one. And, you know, let's be honest, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't like the Cowboys. But the NFL – is at its best when the Cowboys are playing good competitive football. So, yeah, once again, I like the Chargers to cover here, minus three and a half. Fourth game that I'm really going to be looking at here, Saints play the Panthers, and this is simply a, I want to see Jameis Winston do it again. 
Okay, I want him to do it back-to-back weeks. I want him to prove to me that he has made a leap in his decision-making. I also want to see you know, this Panthers team again. They looked good last week against the Jets. I want to see if they're a little bit more explosive on offense. It's going to be tough because this is a really good Saints defense. Sam Darnold looked good. You know, they ran the ball well. Christian McCaffrey had, he got all the touches in the world. I believe, you know, he ran the ball 22 times and had eight catches. So, you know, they're doing a good job of putting the ball in their best players' hands. You know, this has, this is a sneaky good matchup. Uh, New Orleans is favored by three and a half. I like them to cover. I think they win by a touchdown, 31-24. And finally, hands down without a doubt, the game of the week, Sunday Night Football, Kansas City's taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And look, this one's always circled for people. You know, it's Lamar Jackson, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Queen and this great Ravens defense taking on quite possibly the most explosive offense in the league. So whenever, you know, a game like this happens, it's always circled. And, man, the Ravens are going to start 0-2. That's tough. (laughs) Even though I do think that they'll look much better this week. They are at home. Latavius Murray has a whole extra week to kind of learn the offense. I expect him to get more carries. But I'm I'm excited for this one. It's got all the potential in the world to be an awesome game. And look, it's always an awesome game when, when these two teams play. And yeah, you know, Sammy Watkins taking on his old team. And man, the Ravens, they're just really beat up. You know, Ronnie Stanley starting offensive tackle, probably not going to play. Marlon Humphrey starting corner, questionable. Marquise Brown, one of their uh, starting wide receiver, questionable. Uh, Chris Westry, one of their cornerbacks, out. D- Devin Duvernay, questionable, another wide receiver. They're just really beat up, and that's why I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think they win and cover at minus three and a half. But look, let's be honest. You're going to tune into this game because you're going to get to see Lamar Jackson play, and you get to see Patrick Mahomes. So this has all the make- makings to be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to it. The, the Monday night game sucks. It's the Lions and the Packers. Who really cares about that game? Am I right? So I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great weekend or a great Sunday of NFL football. You know, we had a great start to it last night with the Giants and Washington game. And hopefully, you know, it'll carry over into the weekend. So we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we will go into college football just the best sport in the world. I can't wait to get into it. Judgment Day is here for some teams, and I cannot wait to dive into it. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And look, this is the segment that I've been wanting to get to. This is the cake of the show right here. We're really going to get into it with these college football games. There are three big games this week, and then you know we'll have more kind of coming forward as we kind of get into conference play and things like that. So the first one. That, you know, obviously, you know, the Alabama-Florida game is getting a lot of talk. Number one against number 11. Auburn-Penn State's getting a lot of talk. That's where game day's going to be. But this game right here, Cincinnati versus Indiana, is absolutely huge. Okay, this game is huge for Cincinnati. And here's why. Ohio State has one loss. Clemson has one loss. So there's an opening here where Ohio State and Clemson, neither one of them make the playoff. And so it's like, who's next up? Notre Dame. Cincinnati plays Notre Dame in two weeks. Okay, Cincinnati has a legit chance to make the playoff this year. They have to go undefeated, though. They lose a, if they lose a single game, they're done for. There's no way that, that they're making it. And let, look, looking at their schedule, this is one of only three tough games that they have left. 
Okay, so they have this game against Indiana, which they're favorited. After this, they play Notre Dame, obviously. We just said that. And then in a, a few weeks after that, they play UCF, another you know formidable team that if you beat them, the community's going to be like, okay, you beat another good team. All their other games, they are beyond winnable. They're games that they should win. Okay, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites to win this week. I like them to beat Indiana. I think Indiana overachieved last year, and so the expectation coming into this year is really high, a lot like Iowa State. Iowa State overachieved last year, so people had had higher expectations. They're not going to meet them. Indiana overachieved last year. They've got these higher expectations. They're not going to meet them. Okay, I'm, I fully expect Indiana to kind of come, de- come back down to earth a little bit. And, yeah, I, I really like the Cincinnati team. We know that they're explosive offensively. We know that they can put up points. The defense looked solid last year in the bowl game. I know Georgia had a lot of opt-outs, but still, that's still high-level talent that Georgia had. This Cincinnati team has a chance to be the first non-Power 5 team to make the playoff. I hope they do it. It would be great for the college football playoff. I think it would bring a lot of interest back to college football. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for them here. I, I hope they go in. I hope they beat Indiana. I hope they beat Notre Dame. And I hope that they beat UCF because I think it would be great for college football for this Cincinnati team to make the playoff. It would be great for Luke Fickle. It would be great for the Big 12. I mean, like, there's a lot of things kind of riding on this Cincinnati team this year. So I'm going to be locked in to that game because it is so important, has college football playoff implications. So, yeah, Cincinnati, Indiana, I like Cincinnati to win and cover. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. So, yeah, so moving on, it's Judgment Day. It is Judgment Day on Saturday, and I cannot wait for it. Alabama takes on Florida. And, look, I talked about this game briefly on Monday. And look, let's be honest, Alabama should blow Florida's doors off. This game shouldn't be close. They're only favored by 14.5. Alabama will cover that easily. Okay? They're going down into the swamp, and they're, they're, they're going to crush Florida. And here's what I want to see, though. The reason why I'll be watching this game is I want to see when Florida pulls out the AR-15. When does Florida go to Anthony Richardson, the dynamic freshman? Look, Emory Jones... You've had your chance. Okay? You're just you're you're not the guy. You're just you're not. Okay? Like when Jones throws two picks in the first half, the crowd's gonna start begging for Anthony Richardson because they've seen him. They saw what he did against USF. I believe he played in, in we in their first game as well. People know what this kid is. He's big, he's athletic, he's got a big arm. We're gonna see him at some point. And the question is, are we gonna see him play meaningful snaps or are we gonna see him come in late in garbage time? when Florida's getting beat by four touchdowns, right? I want to see this kid play meaningful snaps. He's the future. Dan Mullen knows that. Now, look, I know Dan Mullen doesn't like to play young quarterbacks. But still, like, this is – he's the guy. He's the future. Emory Jones, he's not going to cut it. Your offense is going to be one-dimensional either way because Emory Jones doesn't throw the ball super well. Anthony Richardson, that part of his game hasn't developed yet. Anthony Richardson gives you more in the run game as well. He's super athletic. Imagine if, you know, Tim Tebow and Cam Newton could have a baby. Like, that's what this kid is. Big, strong, athletic, and fast. Okay, so I really want to see this kid. I think it would be good for him, especially down the road. Because, look, like, playing Alabama is tough. If you can see him once when you're young, then come back, you know, your sophomore and your junior season, having already seen the Alabama defense and what they like to do and just the speed at which they play, I think it really helps for the future. So, Dan Mullen, please play Anthony Richardson. I want to see this kid. Look, coaches, you already know, you're probably not going to win this game anyway. Let's get the young kid some experience and start preparing 
for the future. Because, look, after this game, yeah, they got to play Georgia at some point. Outside of that, East is pretty soft, except for Kentucky. That'll be another tough one. But, come on, let's see Anthony Richardson. Final game, the big game. This is where college game day is going. Auburn taking on Penn State. And I'm taking Auburn to win. Okay, the line has moved down. Started at six and a half. Now it's down to five. Auburn's only a five-point underdog. And look, all the buzz around Auburn this week has been, we're going to Penn State. We're going to Death Valley. They're going to be whited out. They, they know we're coming. Meanwhile, all the buzz around Penn State has not been about Auburn coming come to town. It's been about USC and if James Franklin's going to leave or not. And that is not good. That is not what you want when you're preparing for a big game like this. Like, it's, it's just it's not what you want. It affects your preparation. It may not affect, you know, because obviously, you know, when the game starts and the whistle blows and when you've got, you know, 300-pounders running at you, you're not focused on USC and James Franklin. You're focused on playing well. But the preparation is affected by this. Like, make no mistake. And that's where I think Penn State's going to struggle here. Because this week, you know, it's been – we got Auburn and this USC thing's going on. And for Auburn, it's it's been all about Penn State, Okay. And so, I, this is why I like Auburn. Also, really like Bo Nix. He's got experience playing in these hostile environments, and look, he's you know a junior quarterback. Like he's played in hostile environments, and look, I know he struggled on the road, but he's in a better offense now. Okay, throwing the ball and the Gus Malzahn style offense is tough. It's one read and then improvise. It's a lot of running the football, very dependent on your legs. Brian Harson has kind of been able to ease Bo Nix in these first two weeks, and he's looked good throwing the ball. And so I like his experience. I think he's in a better offense now that fits him and his skill set. I think he'll play well. But that's not why I'm picking Auburn to win. I'm not picking Auburn to win because I don't like I don't think Bo Nix is going to go out and throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. That's not why I'm picking him. The reason why I'm picking Auburn is because they have a tank on offense and an iron wall on defense. Okay, I think Tank Bigsby runs for over 150 yards. Okay, and I think Penn State struggles to move the ball against this Auburn defense. This Auburn defense is a top 10, top 15 defense in the country. They're fast. They hit. They play really well. And I'm so excited to watch them take on this Nittany Lions team, whose offense hasn't really looked great this year. I know it looked good last week against, I believe it was Ball State who they played, but it didn't look good when they played a real defense in Wisconsin week one. I think this Auburn defense is better than Wisconsin's. So, yeah, I really like this Auburn team. I think they end up winning by a touchdown. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think Auburn wins. Let's go 27-21. Auburn wins 27-21. Write it down. Bet the money line. I really like this pick. And, yeah, so that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. This next week's podcast schedule may look a little bit different. I'm thinking about switching it up a little bit. We'll see if I do it or not. It kind of depends on the time that I have. Looking at going to doing a college football exclusive podcast on Sundays. That way we don't have to pick and choose what all we talk about on Monday. And then doing a NFL exclusive podcast on Tuesday. That way we don't have to pick and choose kind of the best from each. You know, we get a full dive in to both separate sports over the weekend. So that's probably what's going to happen. I'm excited about it. I think it's got potential to be some really good stuff. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you really want to follow us on. So the Twitter handle is at shooting underscore Schmidt. If you want to follow my personal account, it's jschmidt underscore four for everything. And then 
TikTok is at shooting underscore the underscore Schmidt, and Instagram's the same. So feel free to go follow us on those. And yeah, going to be pumping out content all week. So super excited about it. Can't wait to get into it. Once again, thank you so much for listening. This has been Shooting the Schmidt. (laughs) 